Good morning. It's a beautiful Sunday in the Old Pueblo, and you're listening to KTDT Tucson. Thank you for spending a part of your brunch hour with us on your downtown Tucson community-sponsored rock and roll radio station. This week, we're going to speak with Todd Hanley, the chief executive officer of Hotel Congress, and discuss their efforts to highlight the historical and cultural significance of the agave plant in mezcal. Today is February 14th. It's Valentine's Day. My name is Tom Heath, and you are listening to Life Along the Streetcar. Each and every Sunday, our focus is on social, cultural, and economic impacts in Tucson's urban core, and we shed light on hidden gems everyone should know about. From A-Mountain to U-Arizona and all stops in between, you get the inside track right here on 99.1 FM, streaming on downtownradio.org, and also available on your iPhone or Android by downloading the Downtown Radio Tucson app. And if you want to get us on the show, our email address is contact at lifealongthestreetcar.org. You can always find us over there on Facebook. And we keep our past episodes on our website, lifealongthestreetcar.org. You can also find us on Spotify, iTunes, or just ask your smart speaker to play Life Along the Streetcar podcast. It's pretty cool. And we're going to start today's show by turning up the heat. In a press release that came out midweek, Downtown Tucson Partnership announced that they are fired up about the new Downtown Heater program, which was generously sponsored by HSL Properties. According to the press release, DTP and HSL Properties are providing 40 outdoor heaters to fuel the local downtown businesses in support of a safe outdoor dining experience. Heaters were distributed to 23 businesses earlier in the week. And uh, they are up and running. Should you find the evenings a little bit chilly, they will provide some additional warmth for those downtown visits. I understand they're also a pretty striking ambiance effect there as the flame shoots right through the middle of the glass tube, which kind of appeals visually to the guests down there. So congrats to the Tucson Partnership, Downtown Partnership, and uh, thank you to HSL Properties for their support. Our feature today for the show is a heat of a different kind. It's the heat of the agave plant, which is used to make mezcal. Valentine's Day is typically a celebration of passion and love. So I think it's very fitting that our guest today share his. It's Todd Hanley, the chief executive officer of Hotel Congress. And he is passionate about putting this 100-year-old hotel at the forefront of reviving Tucson's food culture. You can check out their menu. They support local farmers. They're doing quite a bit to keep their local roots intact. And one such way that they've been doing this is supporting the Agave Festival. started in 2008 as really kind of a a cocktail-making contest for tequila lovers. And that party has really become an event that is rooted in historical and cultural significance of the agave plant. Well, we spoke with Todd by phone and he shared with us some of the challenges that the pandemic has created for Hotel Congress and how they are doing all they can to stick back to their roots. They're even strengthening them during this time through a celebration of Mescal. This is Todd Hanley, general manager of Hotel Congress and Maynard's Marketing Kitchen in downtown Tucson. Excited to be a part of this uh, wonderful podcast interview and look forward to seeing 
downtown Tucson come back to life in the next few months post COVID. Well, let's let's talk about that. Just jumping right in there. Um, clearly, life is different. Um, Hotel Congress, are you open right now? Are you are you having any guests in? Yes, yes. Really, we are a, a restaurant with a hotel on top and a small little, you know, plaza bar and and lounge bar for the hotel guests. So we're definitely a shell of what we used to be prior to March 17th of 2020. But we are a very successful restaurant with a pretty decently successful hotel right now. I mean, we're not in a great place, but we're not necessarily in a terrible place. Uh, So we are open, we are safe, we are excited to provide an amazing outdoor dining experience as well as some limited inside seating. And then obviously each hotel room with individual heating and air conditioning units is in and of itself a very clean and safe experience. Oh, I didn't realize that. So it's just self-contained there. They don't, they don't have their... They don't yep, have all self-contained. Interesting. Exactly, yeah. So everything's... So really, I mean, there's... You know, that's the the added level of safety to it is that each person... And, and also energy efficiency, quite frankly. Each individual room has the ability to turn it on, turn it off, manage it on their own, which allows for a safer environment as well as a more energy efficient environment. And now Maynard's, that's 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 on hold for a bit longer, correct? That's coming back later in the year? It is. Yeah, most likely mid to late spring is what we're thinking. It's hard to really wrap your arms around how to open up a business when you're still really not able to pay your bills consistently at the business that's currently open and you're relying upon the next round of federal funding to just stay in business. So you're just juggling being somewhat efficient and successful with one business with you know stretching your resources too thin to have a second business open. So it's a struggle every time every somebody asks, you know, there's the level of almost disappointment that we can't be open, but we'll open when the time is right and we think mid to late spring. A lot of uh, pivoting, and I think that's the buzzword of 2020. Um, you're still, I mean, you're still doing what you can to to keep the history alive. If, if people aren't familiar, um, Hotel Congress has, has, I mean, tell us a little about the history that you have with uh, the building and uh, some of your most notable uh, number one felons caught there. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, great point. I mean, this past weekend would have been, I think, the 27th Dillinger Days reenactment, which celebrates the capture of John Dillinger by the Tucson Police Department and Tucson Fire Department. That, unfortunately, was never going to exist like its old format with five to 6,000 people. It was going to be a small 75 to 100-person intimate event on the plaza, but the weather was just not going to cooperate and so we ended up around noon on sunday canceling the fire trucks that typically show up that actually fought the fire of 1934 can't drive in the rain for the reasons of headlights and just safety so though we typically the third and or fourth weekend of every january celebrate the capture of john dillinger which really did put Tucson on the map back in the 1930s. We just weren't able to to do anything this year. We ran some social media and got people excited only to probably disappoint a little bit. 
But uh, there's always next year, and, and we'll keep plugging away. Well, I know with the Pima County, uh, the, we had uh, Chuck Huckleberry on a few weeks ago, and he talked about the renovation of the courthouse and how they uh, they were um, uh, revitalizing the uh, the room in which uh, John Dillinger uh, was held or was uh, you know brought into court. Yeah, he was arraigned. It, yeah. That was actually, if you were wined, uh, you know, six months even during COVID when we thought maybe at some point we would be farther along than we are with the situation. We were very excited to have the essentially grand reopening of the John, we'll call it the John Dillinger courtroom, take place the same weekend as John Dillinger on Dillinger Day, where we actually bring the the Tommy gun that John Dillinger used in his game. So, yeah, that's extremely exciting because it's a bit of history. Uh, I would say that part of history is understanding what we did well, what we didn't do well, and so people get a little bit frustrated when we start to, quote-unquote, glamorize a, a bank robber and a murderer, so to speak. But the reality is we're glamorizing the history of Tucson Fire Department and Tucson Police Department and you just happen to have somebody that is a part of that whole process. So we were very excited to, to really see the history of that Pima County courtroom come to life. But again, 2022. <laughs> so, uh, well, we will come back and interview you about those things uh, as we get closer to those dates. But there's, sure. other, there's other changes, though. I mean, obviously, um, You've like a lot of restaurants. You switched to uh, a lot of takeout, and you did some prepared meals and things like that. Um, but I, I think what caught my eye the most was one thing that hasn't waned is is this fascination that you have and that the the hotel has with uh, the history of like agave in our region and and how important that has been and and, and what you're doing to to bring that that concept or that conversation back to the forefront. Yes, thank you. I mean, it's for me and in the Hotel Congress, a really critical part of our path forward around Tucson being a destination for tourism, not just for the beautiful weather, not just for the, the culture and history of Tucson as it relates to, well, I mean, the truth of the matter is, is if, if I step back, the, the agave plant is rooted in Tucson in the sense that it goes back to the days when the Hohokam were actually cultivating, which is called the Hohokam agave or the agave murphii. So I, I'm extremely passionate about sustainability, arid agriculture. This particular plant, you know, still very endemic to this region, not all species, but Hotel Congress, Agave Heritage Festival, myself have really worked hard to make this a part of our long-term success. And the, the sky's the limit just for the simple fact that it is a regional-based plant that survives and actually thrives in this particular region, this desert region. And, and, and not just the fact that tequila or mezcal come from an agave plant, but it really is a representation of Thousands of years ago, this was a primary source of food, clothing, rope. Uh, it was a source of medication. It was, I mean, just one of the most important plants in this region, really the most important. And, and some ethnobotanists call it the buffalo of the plant world. So, yes, I can, I, and I, I know we'll talk about it, but I'm excited to continue to push that as a part of our 
tourism and, and economic success. I think they all go hand in hand. So taking a step back and then a step forward, uh, briefly, can you can you catch us up on the Agave Heritage Festival and, and what that what that really became? Yes, quickly. Obviously, it started about. 12 years ago, one day, three hour tequila tasting, and it's progressed into a week plus long, 30 plus events, festivals celebrating the history, the culture, the environmental sustainability, the complexity of our ecosystem and, and this wonderful plant that creates this amazing ceremonial liquid called mezcal. Uh, tequila is a mezcal. Uh, mezcal is not a tequila. It's a, and so we're we're a little dormant you know, just because of the challenges of you know, the festival and, and virtual become a part of the, the solution. But right now we're really having a, a great success with an agave renaissance lecture and tasting series in partnership with University of Arizona Desert Laboratory Tumamak Hill, keeping the relevance of the agave plant alive this this the lecture and the tasting really complements what the festival is trying to do so i'm in a, in a close partnership with the tumamak desert laboratory uh, and right now uh, one of my main priorities is i'm as i hopefully will segue right into is uh, distributing a wonderful northern mexico mezcal called amor mata or love kills for those of you in the uh the translation world um and i think as you are airing this on february 14th a slightly symbolic <laughs> translation <laughs> yeah, so anyway that's, that's, that's serendipity i didn't even i didn't really think about that but tell, so tell me why why tumamak why are you what's the relationship with tumamak what is that what's the importance of that well tumamak actually has you know a lot of archaeology dating back to when they were growing agaves as a part of their, again, food and, and clothing and, and uh, just all different types of uses for the material. So there's an actual agave garden on the northwest side of Tumamak Hill. You can't get to it unless you go on a tour with somebody from Tumamak Hill. But that's always been a part of the Agave Heritage Festival, and we've hosted a few events on Tumamak Hill celebrating you know, some of the most recognizable ethnobotanists in the agave world. So Ben Wilder, the executive director, is fascinated with the plant, and he picked up essentially the education and sustainability portion while I'm helping him with the spirit and tasting portion. So Tumamak Hill is rooted in the agave plant, specifically the Hohokam agave, the agave murphy That's Todd Hanley, General Manager, Chief Operating Officer of the Hotel Congress, talking to us about his passion, that is uh, local food and culture, specifically with the agave plant. We'll be back to finish up that interview in just a moment. I do want to remind you, however, you are listening to Life Along the Streetcar on Downtown Radio, 99.1 FM, and available for streaming on downtownradio.org. Well, let's get back to our interview with Todd Hanley. He's telling us some very interesting things about the agave plant, and we're going to learn even more from the uh, team over there at Hotel Congress. 
So with your uh, your three-hour tasting 15 years ago became a multi-day, week-long event with many different facets, and it'll become that again in 2022. But in this year, it's been pared down to uh, a lecture series, correct? You're still still going through the process, um, it, but I, I saw it was a tasting as well. Is, is this a virtual or an actual event? No virtual. So basically both the lecture and the tasting are going to be virtual and you, the purchase of the Mezcal spirits would be purchased through the Hotel Congress bottle shop and then you just go on to a Zoom and listen to some amazing speakers talk about the, the plan, talk about the regionality of it and then sip on three different spirit choices as a part of the tasting. So if you go to the desert Tumamak Laboratory website, which I can, uh, if you I have a social media presence, I could probably send that to you. We'll definitely post, yeah. post that. Uh, and you've got you've got some. So this is February. You've got uh, events coming up. Uh, um, yep. The next one is Feb February tenth, which is actually funny that you mentioned it's uh, Paul and Susie Fish who who do the tour of Tumamak Hill. They're doing a lecture series on February 10th, and then the next day, Jesus Garcia is going to talk about Sonoran local agave spirits and taste on a few different examples of agave spirits that are more regional than you know traditional mezcals that come from uh, southern Mexico, Oaxaca. Okay. So yeah, so February 10th, February 11th, they're both free. So are those are those recorded? Because because this is going to air on the fourteenth. Are those recorded? Can someone purchase the alcohol, uh, the the mezcal, and then watch a recording uh, of of the Zoom yeah, call? Yeah. Great question. They are. They're going to be available on on podcast through the Tumamoc.Arizona.edu website. So yes, great question. Tell me about the bottle shop then. So you 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 have different mezcal um, products available in your, yep. at Hotel Congress? Yes, correct. And part of the one of the many pivots the Hotel Congress has done over the last year at this point, it feels like, is you know, we opened up in the summer of 2020 an online grocery store. We were doing to-go family-style meals back in April and May. So we've kind of pivoted to a small online bottle shop with rare spirits, fine wines, and some beers, and some local, some, you know, kind of more mainstream. And the Agave Renaissance tasting is featured on our bottle shop, as well as some amazing whiskey, scotches, and bourbons that you're going to be hard-pressed to find. But yeah, so the, it's, it's essentially an online liquor store. Uh, we don't have the ability to deliver. Most people just come pick it up a few days after we they place the order. We put them in a nice, neat bag with newspaper to keep them protected, and then they're on their uh, on their way. Okay. So yeah, I just I just googled it. I'm kind of clicking around here. Yeah, you got you got quite a, a selection. So a lot of a, and I would I would imagine um, a lot of the stuff that comes from the agave or, or the the mezcal that that's I'm not sure you're going to find some of that anywhere else. Are you, or is that more commonly found than I'm aware of? It's it's a little bit more com. Well, it's not common. I mean, Westbound carries it, Plaza Liquor carries it, but some of these 
um, are not anywhere. I mean, you, the Amar Mata, which is you know, the product that I'm actually distributing myself through a few partners, is only available at the Hotel Congress right now. And that's the, you know, the love kills mm-hmm. portion of this particular agave spirit. But yes, they're, they're not readily available by any means. These are all extremely, extremely delicious mezcal agave distillates that uh, all do a good job in balancing the ability to be successful with stewarding the environment and being, you know, a, a conscious of the ecosystem, not just simply using the earth as a as a launching pad for the next great business opportunity. Uh, it fits so well with, with your mission. If, if anyone's had a chance to dine there, I mean, you're, you're using a lot of local purveyors for your menu. Um, Barrio Bread is in there. I think, uh, well, you've got, you got several that are, are, are local purveyors. So keeping. Yeah, absolutely. Keeping I mean, obviously some of the, yeah, the keystone would be Barrio Bread is a wonderful bread that we use for quite a few dishes. But, you know, as much as we can, we work with Pivot Produce. We work with the Wilcox Tomatoes. I mean, there's small enough menu items that we can source locally. It's not as easy with the size of our restaurant. But we've also parlayed not just into local bread or local tomatoes or local temporary beans we have our own hotel congress vodka we have our own hotel congress it's a, it's you know maynard's marketing kitchen our arizona red and our arizona white i mean inarguably the hotel congress and maynard's have set the bar for being supporters of local farmers ranchers wineries and distilleries we just have and we can and we'll continue to do so because there's such great products within this region uh, you know, especially wine and, and spirits. I mean, our Hotel Congress 100 vodka is really a great vodka. It's coming from Flying Leap, made out of grapes. It's really a tasty sipping vodka and obviously can be easily turned into a wonderful cocktail. Wow. So uh, I think the um, the perception of Hotel Congress may not be as in-depth as, as the reality of the things that you're doing and connecting local with uh, uh, with our community, so appreciate you do, that you're doing that. Yeah, we're so big that we we come across as a kind of a historic rock and roll hotel with all of these wonderful events and live music and a really wonderful cup. But there's so much nuance to how we run our business in terms of sourcing locally. But also, as important for me, is we have when we're at our peak time, no less than probably 15. I mean, 12 to 15 refugees working for us and within our business, uh, entry-level positions, mind you, um, but still positions that they were able to make a consistent paycheck and and contribute to a wonderful business. And for us to give them an opportunity, you know, that that's always been something that we we try not to just throw out there because it feels somewhat self-serving but we are absolutely doing a lot of wonderful things from food to to hiring refugees and just being good stewards of the community and this is a a family-run business right not a a corporation i mean i know you're fairly large but it's still a family-based isn't it it is it is yes for all its wonderful nuances probably the most complex nuance of this business is it's family-owned and 
and and my wife is the oldest daughter of the owners. So, you know, those bring wonderful opportunities as well as obviously, you know, there's challenges in any business, but strong personalities in a family business will always have, you know, difficult times, but you know, we are here to support each other. And obviously uh, Richard and Shane Oster and the owners of Hotel Congress have proven to be so critical to the success of downtown. I mean, they're really the primary reason for downtown success, purchasing the building back in 1985 and turning into what it is currently. Yeah, there was a long period of time where there wasn't much to do downtown except Hotel Congress and, uh, and the Rialto. And that's a, <laughs> it's true. That's a, that is a bedrock and it's nice to see that they're still, um, they're still involved with with that and but todd anything else that, that we that you need to that we should have talked about that we didn't anything coming up here in march or april that it's important to get across we took probably about six weeks off from soul food wednesday which is a wonderful community-based night on wednesdays where we turn over the plaza to a local african-american owned food truck or catering business and uh, we're you know playing live music on the Congress Plaza stage. Again, you know, an African-American DJ, musician. That's something that we expect to return sometime in mid to late February and just kind of best represents what Tucson is is, is so well known for, inclusivity. A good opportunity to, to support Hotel Congress, either in person or the bottle shop or um, just ordering some takeout maybe. Yeah, that's great. Tom, thank you so much. What a wonderful interview, truly, man. Well, you know, we, we keep Todd around because he's so um, flattering uh, of us. But no, it's always fun to talk to Todd. And if you're ever in the restaurant, he is always out and about. So say hello. I know he enjoys that. My name is Tom Heath. You are listening to Life Along the Streetcar on Downtown Radio, 99.1 FM, and available for streaming on downtownradio.org. Well, that's going to do it. Episode 138 is in the books. Thank you to Todd Hanley for his time. And tune in next week for Mike Peel of Local First Arizona talking about some of the amazing initiatives underway over there in the field of sustainability. Well, it is Valentine's Day, so we thought we'd leave you with a very appropriately named song from Bruce Springsteen off of his 1987 album, Ton of Love. This is Valentine's Day. Hope you have a great week and tune in next Sunday for more Life Along the Streetcar.